This is Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and Jay Craig Williams, America's top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, both of them. One from California, one from Massachusetts. You can only guess what will happen next. Coast to Coast is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coast to Coast, only on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams in Southern California. And I'm Bob Ambrogi, normally in Massachusetts, but today coming to you from a campsite in Maine. I understand you had a wild night last night, Bob. <laughs> Not me, just my neighbors. Uh, yeah, they kept us up to the wee hours of the morning in our quiet Maine woods uh, campground. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, so what are we going to talk about today, Craig? Well, we're not going to fool around with any educated estimates or any internal intuition today. We're going to be talking about big-time cash. Uh, that's right. We're going to talk to you about uh, uh, some real-life uh, accounts, the true accounts of what the highest-paid general counsel in the country are earning. We're going to take a look at uh, what they're taking home in compensation and cold, hard cash, and, and the figures are pretty astounding. Yes, you can forget about a million dollars, Bob. We're talking about total take-home compensation for some of the country's top general counsel in the five, ten, and even up to twenty-one million dollars on an annual salary. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, there was a time when talking about being a GC was considered uh, a lower-paid occupation than private practice. Those times seem to be changing, and uh, GC are making. Uh, the salaries have more or less remained steady, but what they're getting in stock options and bonuses uh, continues to go up uh, uh, phenomenally. Well, and we have uh, a guest today from the legal magazine Corporate Counsel that compiles a list of the 100 highest-paid general counsels every year. So, Joining us today is Robin Sparkman. Robin is the editor-in-chief of Corporate Counsel magazine. She's the person who oversaw the uh, collection and verification of this information. But uh, I also wanted to mention that Robin was five years an editor for the uh, MSNBC.com and uh, one of the founding editors of that site and a former edit reporter for Newsweek as well. So thank you for coming to the show, Robin, and I apologize for my iffy connection today. Oh, no problem. Well, Robin, we're going to get started uh, with where the numbers come from. So can you give us uh, kind of a lowdown on how you compiled it and what the numbers actually reflect? Sure. Uh, the numbers are, are excellent. There was a 9% increase uh, for the best-paid general counsel over last year's figures, and that's a 9% increase in bonus and salary. Bonuses were up 16% to about 900000 and salaries were flat up 1% to 564000 um, And how, in terms of how we compile it, we look at the SEC filings for the Fortune 500, um, and just so you know, not every company lists its general counsel among its five best-paid employees. So Microsoft's general counsel, for example, is not on our list. But that said, um, we do have you know, a wide representation of general counsel from you know, uh, dozens of different industries on our list. And you also look at stock options as well. Can you tell us about that, what happened there? Sure. Well, the big thing was really restricted stock last year, and there was a 35% increase over 2004 figures. I mean, all the data I'm giving you is from 2005 compensation, just so we know. But So a 35% increase um, up to uh, a little under a million dollars a year in terms of restricted stock grants, you know, which is, is just stunning, so that on top of 
1.4 million in bonus and salary, they're making almost another million dollars a year. Uh, it's 987,000 uh, in restricted stock grants. So give us a sense of what we're talking about here. What's what's the top of this chart look like in terms of compensation and who's up there? Okay. Well, our rankings on the chart are salary plus bonus. Um, so it doesn't include restricted stock or stock option grants. Um, the the top of the chart is has has been our perennial number one, um, the general counsel of uh, General Electric. That's Benjamin Heineman Jr. Um, ben has been at the top of the chart for uh, approximately half a dozen years, and he w- he was there again um, in 2005. Um, the good news <laughs> from a survey perspective is that Ben retired in January, so there'll be somebody else next year. Um, a likely contender is Thomas Russo. He's the chief legal officer at Lehman Brothers, and he made 450000 in salary last year, uh, $4.6 million in bonus, and $16 million from cashing in options. So that's $21 million. Robin, how does it calculate on the basis of uh, total package? How do you look at the numbers? Who comes out on top if you look at the total package? Uh, Russo comes out at the top in terms of total package, but yet he's number two on our list. So it sort of depends how you define total package, but what I just gave you is uh, salary plus bonus plus cash outs. Russo cashed out $16 million in options last year, which is, as far as I know, is the highest we've ever seen. So so he, he wins in terms of a $21.2 million um, total cash out, you know, total, total package. Uh, yeah, Heinemann seemed, Heinemann seemed to have the, the highest salary, if I'm looking at your chart correctly, at a $1.6 million salary plus the $3.4 million bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's retired, you say. Yep. I, I think what we all want to know is where do we send our resumes? <laughs> well, he's been replaced. At, at, uh, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brackett Denniston, who was his longtime litigation chief, um, is the general counsel now at GE. I mean, the interesting question will be whether GE rewards uh, Brackett Denniston as highly as they do uh, Mr. Heineman. I I don't know, and um, given that. You know, if Wall Street uh, has another excellent year in terms of deal making, you may be more likely to see um, someone like the Dream, like the Lehman Brothers GC Russo again. Um, maybe he'll take the number one spot. Um, he's been um, in the top, you know, five positions or so the last few years, and he'll probably move up. Deniston is a Boston attorney made good. Former Boston was with a formerly with a Boston firm before he went to GE. Uh, yeah, Heineman. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Dennis, oh, oh I mean, and Brack Dennison. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, I know. I know. He's he yeah. is a big Red Sox fan. He still still yeah. is. That's what I understand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Robin, did you uh, do any type of calculation that indicates what the average salary was for the top 100 lawyers? Yeah, the average salary is 564,000 in 2005, and that was up one percent over last year. Salaries were basically flat. Now, these are the guys that are, or the women and the men that are the rock stars of the general counsel. How many other general counsel are out there, and do you have any kind of clue what types of salaries they're earning? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, we, you know, there are probably, a, a, you know, we have about 200 of the Fortune 500 on our list, and so, you know, so obviously those, uh, you know, 300 we don't have, um, you know, they are, you know, clearly making very good money. It's it's just the way the SEC requirements work, you are required to list the five best paid employees at your company, and that has to include the CEO. So 
Microsoft, as I said, is a good example because Brad Smith, their general counsel, is not on our list um, where I assume that he uh, is paid handsomely. Um, but uh, other people, um, other top people at Microsoft are paid better than, than Brad Smith, so um, he's not on our list. So you can only assume that they make a lot of money. And I'll, I'll just give you one more example. Um, at Goldman Sachs, uh, I know that they have they have two general counsel. They have co-general counsel, and at least one of them, a woman named Esther Stecker, has been there since before Goldman went public. So I, she has pre-IPO um, shares that um, and, and, and options. Um, so she probably she could be worth you know much more than Russo and much more than Heinemann. We just don't know. What types of qualifications do these general counsel have that allow them to pull down these types of salaries? <laughs> Well, I mean, you could ask the same thing of CEOs. Um, they, many of you know, uh, typically they come from the best law firms. Um, GE is is very well known for hiring um, partners from prominent firms and bringing them in house. For example, um, Heinemann was at Sidley and Austin, um, and they have many years of ex- of experience. Um, you know, at the firms, at their firms advising clients, and then in in house positions. Um, you know, ha- however, um, restricted stock grants and options are often, and, and bonuses to some degree, are often based on how well a company is doing. So, I'm not discounting the important work that they do, but they're also benefiting uh, from when their companies and their industries do well. Well, it's, I mean. It's not just a question of what qualifications they have, but what value do they bring to the company to to warrant this kind of a salary? What is, what is it, what's the value that they add to the companies that they're at? Okay, well, you know, a, a guy named Gregory Blatt. He's the general counsel of IAC Interactive, which is Barry Diller's internet company. Um, you know, he received the highest restricted stock grant on our list last year. That was six million dollars, um, and he was very involved in a bunch of high-profile acquisitions, including Ask Jeeves um, and the spinoff of um, Expedia.com. So, you know, being involved. In, in deal making and overseeing that, um, you know, general counsel are very rewarded for that. They're also very involved in all types of litigation at their companies. Um, you know, sometimes it's about the company litigation, and they pick the law firm and they help manage the legal strategy. Um, and you know, when the company wins, they they are rewarded f- for that. Um, you know, I mean, aside from other. You know, you take somebody like Ben Heineman, who was, who played both an ambassadorial function at the company as well as managing litigation and overseeing deals. I mean, it it, it really runs the gamut. Yeah. What What are some of the you you've you've also charted out and written about in this survey some of the perquisites that that these uh, GC earn. I don't know if you've included that in their in their cash compensation. Can you talk a little bit about what you, what they receive and some of the side benefits of the job. Sure. Um, the SEC. Last year um, has is required. Well, more and more, the SEC is requiring companies to be much more forthright. And um, it just happened today that um, the SEC put into place even more requirements for next year about um, pensions and perks and um, what are called tally sheets, where you actually have to list everything that the top executive is getting. Um, and so, perks is one area the SEC has really been been focused on, and that a lot of people attribute that to is um, Jack Well in his divorce settlement where people didn't know what kind of perks he was actually getting until that became public. Um, you still don't know that much, but you, 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 you do know um, 
for example, personal use of a company airplane. That has to be detailed more. Um, ben Heineman uh, got some time on the, on the GE jet um, in, in 2005. He got 244000 total in perks, and half of that uh, was spent on the GE, uh, personal use on the GE airplane. Um, others get um, various services like um, tax and accounting services, things like that. A clothing um, allowance. One of them had a clothing allowance. He worked for a, re- a clothing retailer, right? Uh, yeah, right. Actually, that's right. The GC of Jones Apparel Group. He got um, almost twenty thousand dollars at um, Barney's discounts because Jones Apparel owns Barney's. So, um, you know, he, so we did the math and it was GC. Yes, we, we hope he is. He better be, right? <laughs> there's not there's that much also, competition. Yeah. There's also some hefty bonuses on this list, right? Uh, yes, sure, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, the bonuses. They range from zero. Um, the general counsel of, of uh, General Motors uh, didn't get a bonus, and, and neither did any of the top executives there because the company is doing so poorly. Um, and others, you know, uh, like Lehman Brothers Russo, um, got about $5 million in, in terms of bonus. So it, it overall bonuses were up 16%, and um, you know, that's you know where you see um, you know obviously bonuses are, are discretionary and you can see where companies that did well wanted to reward their general counsel Robin if we if we were to gather these 100 uh, GC into a room for a group photo would we see uh, many women or minorities in the bunch um, you see very few minorities um, and you would see I think it's uh, 10 women um, on the list this year they were it was up from five last year so um, yeah and the top woman is at uh, American Express her name is Louise Parent um, and she made um, a bonus of 1.2 million and salary of 437,000 so uh, you know given that there was such a leap from last year that's that's great um, from five to ten is excellent but Still, um, you know, overall, the percentage of women GCs in the Fortune 500 is still probably about, you know, a little under 20% or so. So you're just not going to see it. Minorities, do you know what the breakdown is in terms of minorities? I'm not sure. I, 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 to my knowledge, there are maybe only a couple minorities on the list, um, but we haven't we, – it's – we, we don't we don't know for sure. We haven't been able to actually find out that data. But, but I know, because I know some of these people myself, uh, that it's just a handful. How is diversity within the corporate departments themselves? I mean, obviously not everyone, like, for example, GE isn't just one person in the corporate mm-hmm. department. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, GE is a 1,000 lawyers. So, um, you know, it's the size of Skadden. It's, it's enormous. Um, you know, it's, it's basically, um, you know, corporate America tends to be better than law firms in terms of diversity. So that's sort of the benchmark that you compare it to. Um, you know, 20, 20% is a pretty solid number. Um, it, 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 in some departments, it's, it's better than others. The legal department is usually the norm. It's, it, as far as the company, it's, it's no better or no worse. What's the range of salaries within corporate departments? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the uh, GC at the top. What about the assistant general counsel at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it depends very much on the size of the company and the location and the industry. Um, you know, I saw that Exxon had had you know record profits. Um, you have to assume that the in-house counsel and Exxon are being paid, you know better than the in-house counsel, uh, you know, at a, at a smaller company, um, you know, in the, you know, in the Midwest. Um, it ranges from, 
you know, 150, 175,000 to a few hundred thousand, uh, depending on the person's title. And that's sort of a base. And then bonuses can be equal to the size of the salary at the more senior levels. What's the geographic uh, area of your survey? Oh, it's 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 the Fortune 50, it's the Fortune 500. So it's so it's all over the U.S. Robin, I, I wonder. I know Craig asked about this before we we touched on this, but I'm just wondering if, from your experience. I know you didn't include this in your survey. Whether you you have a sense of kind of the rank and file GC out there, how their salary compares. Not not necessarily at a publicly uh, listed company. Uh, but uh, you know, how are GC salaries doing generally in comparison to private sector salaries? Mm-hmm. Um, you mean compared to executives or compared to law firms? I mean, other executives or law firms? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the problem is that um, you know, on, on average, a, a partner at an AMLA 200 law firm makes more money than your average. Um, you know, senior in-house counsel um, at a Fortune 1000 company. That's just that's just you know across the board. Um, and you know, typically, what happens is people leave firms and they go in-house, and it's a it's a lateral move or a slight increase in terms of salary, and you just don't see the gains that you would see at a law firm. Now, in, in what what is supposed to be compensation for that is the tremendous quality of life that you get from going in-house where your hours are more sane and, and you work very closely with the business side and you, you are proactive lawyering rather than defensive lawyering. Well, I mean, that's something I hear a lot is, is not necessarily the quality of life in terms of the hours, but, but the ability to be more involved on the business side. I mean, some of these GC really are senior executives uh, functioning uh, throughout the, the various realms of the company as, as, as business managers as much as they are legal managers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a, a good example is um, Pfizer's general counsel, Jeff Kindler. Um, Jeff is on the short list for um, the chairman spot at, at Pfizer. He's, he, he's one of three people, and that's, it's been publicly acknowledged that he's on that list. Um, and, you know, he's, he's in, involved in many different initiatives across the country, and he's, he's not, you know, so many things. He's not necessarily a day-to-day kind of manager. Um, you know, he's involved in all their tort, you know, tort reform legislation and new product development and lawsuits and stuff like that. And so that's why it's not surprising that he would be on that kind of short list because of the way he has, you know, redefined that, the position. And um, just so you know, he's being very handsomely compensated for it. He's, he's made um, 900000 in salary in 2005 and then a million-dollar bonus. So. How does the general counsel at Merck look? I mean, that person is dealing with all the Vioxx suits and the Fosamax suits and other types of issues that are pretty much almost bet the company litigation. Yeah, I, I wish I knew. Um, Ken Frazier, who's the general counsel at Merck, is uh, is not on our list, so he's not among the top five highest paid. Um, and you would think that he that he would be <laughs> uh, after the kind of uh, few years that he's had, but he he doesn't make it up there. Well, Robin, we're going to take a short break, but uh, we're going to hear from the people that make Coast to Coast a reality, and we'll talk about more on the compensation of general counsels, including some of these incredible perks we've been hearing about. Coast to Coast, come back in 60 seconds. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. 
From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Coast to Coast is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. This is Bob Ambrogi in Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams in Southern California. We are joined by Robin Sparkman from Manhattan, the editor-in-chief of Corporate Counsel Magazine. Well, we've heard about some of the uh, cash, and we've talked about some of the perks. Are there any other benefits that you get as a general counsel that uh, may or may not appear on the balance sheet? Well, um, I mean, you do get restricted stock grants, uh, which, as, as I said, um, you know, were about a million dollars last year, and um, and that's just rather extraordinary, um, as well as stock options. And um, they, they, one thing we can look forward to next year is that the SEC is requiring companies to uh, detail much more what they're giving away in terms of um, pension perks. To their to their top uh, executives, so I look forward next year to to finding out exactly how much they're uh, they're going to be living on in their golden years. Robert, how does this break down by industry? What are the what are the best paying industries for GC? Um, well, the it's no surprise there, but um, the oil and gas industry uh, it paid very well last year. Um, entertainment pays pretty well. Um, healthcare pays pretty well. Um, aerospace. Um, it's it's you know it's it's generally reflective of the larger economy as a whole. Well, we've had some questions about uh, some of the stock options and some of the other types of benefits that some of the individuals get, but corporate counsel generally get. Com- uh, there's a lot of complaints, I guess, from corporate counsel that you even see in the, in your magazine about how outside counsel are getting paid. Uh, any backlash by outside counsel from these kinds of numbers? Um, well, <laughs> you mean are outside counsel complaining that their that their clients are being paid so well? Is, that, well, is, that, is the, that what you mean? Yeah. Well, some of the outside counsel are getting hammered by some of the inside counsel, right. saying, you know, we're right. paying you too much. 
Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things about, um, you know, editing a magazine for in-house counsel is that, um, you know, the inside counsel and outside counsel have a, have a very curious relationship in many ways, especially when it comes to money. Um, you know, outside counsel, if they ever think that, um, would never say that in any way publicly. So um, I actually haven't haven't heard that because... Um, you know, they, they would just never tell the editor of a magazine that. <laughs> um, are, are they jealous? You know, absolutely, because they work, and I'm talking about the law firm lawyers, um, the even partners at the top law firms uh, work such extraordinary hours. And sure, top general counsel do too, but, um, you know, particularly in a, in a type of crisis situation. But overall, you don't have that pressure that even um, law firm lawyers who are still pretty senior do in terms of uh, making sure that their billable hours are, are up very high. So is there some jealousy? Doesn't surprise me one bit. Will they ever grouse in, in public in any way? I doubt it. Well, what they do grouse about, though, is the fact that they start to get bored with law and they start to look at other uh, career options for themselves. And, mm-hmm. and being a GC sure. and being more involved in a business certainly is, is appealing. And, and you see these GC move up into the CEO positions. It's not, it's not uncommon for a chief legal officer to end up as a CEO of a company. That's that's true. Um, we saw it at Conseco. We saw it at Southwest. Um, you you do see it. Um, it's it's it doesn't it's not an automatic way of becoming CEO. No. Um, but um, for example, just a few weeks ago, a, a top um, restructuring expert at Kirkland went to uh, Goldman Sachs, and he's not going to the legal department. He's going to kind of a new restructuring unit that they have there. Um, and you know, he just said he was he was getting a little bored. Right. So, so what do you see as the? I mean, what what strikes you as the editor of this magazine is really the most significant about the survey this year? You've been doing the survey for how many years? Five years? More than uh, that? We've been doing the survey for fourteen years. Fourteen years. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you seeing? What what when you look at it, what strikes you as the most significant? Uh, uh, stat out of the survey this year, or the finding, or the trend that comes out of the survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, what strikes me as most significant is restricted stock, because um, it's it's. I'm not surprised that there was a 16% increase in bonuses. Uh, I'm not surprised that the salaries are are holding steady. Um, I am surprised that they that on top of 1.4 million in bonus and salary, they're making an extra million dollars basically in restricted stock, and it's not as volatile as options, whereas you, you just don't know with options whether you're ever really going to be able to cash them in and how much money you're going to be able to make, assuming you do it legally. Um, and with restricted stock, it's, you know, it's, it's much more of a gift. It's much more of another bonus almost to these right. in-house counsel. And um, it's sort of stunning to me that companies are willing to reward them in such lavish ways. And um, given the, the the backdating scandal um, that's been going on in the last few months, I, you, you know that next year it's, you're only going to see more companies rewarding more GCs with restricted stock. Um, we had 61 of our 100 um, people on our list receive restricted stock grants in 2005, and I, I, the number will certainly go up much higher, and the amount, I'm sure, will be even higher. Are they are the, are the people on this survey looking at this survey <laughs> to find out what their neighbors are getting? <laughs> well, on the cover of the magazine, we put the general counsel of Lehman Brothers this year. We had we had a photo of him, and I really expected to get a phone call from him um, because 
you know, maybe he was a bit upset, perhaps, that we said that he made $21.2 million last year, and now the whole world knows it. Um, but I haven't called, he hasn't called me yet. Uh, and so, yes, they, they absolutely, they do see it. And um, what I also get a lot of calls about is general counsel who are not on this list who, who want to see it and make sure they have the data, and then they use it in their own salary negotiations. Right. Oh, right. Well, I'm sure I'm sure comparability, any salary negotiations, comparability is a key, is a key factor. So. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what other kinds of feedback? I mean, what kinds of feedback do you get from readers when they read this? What do they say? What's their reaction to this? Um, well, if not uh, this year and prior years. <laughs> well, uh, some are embarrassed that it's made so public. Um, others, for example, um, you know, the general counsel of United Healthcare Group. Um, he is sitting on about sixty million dollars worth of options right now, and that company is also being investigated right now for backdating options. So, um, you know, is perhaps it's unfair of us to write, uh, a, you know, to point the finger and, and identify how many options he's sitting on? Um, you know, we would say, no, we're just recording, putting the numbers. Um, but that's, that's one complaint that I've gotten. Um, but people are just, in general, there is the voyeur factor, and they're just thrilled to know what, what everybody makes. And what is it from your point of view? What, why does the magazine do this survey every year? Why is it, why does it consider it important and worth uh, its time and resources to compile this? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're we're big believers, and we have been in transparency, uh, in, in as much light as you can shed on, you know, how law firms work and how legal department works, and that's and that's our mission from you know from a general reporting standpoint. And here, when you have SEC filings and it's official, and you have the data from the companies themselves, um, you know, it's 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 really our job to make this public and to present this information in a way that's useful and and noteworthy to our readers. I wanted to give you an opportunity uh, before we close to just give us any final thoughts you have on this and then tell uh, our listeners where they can find more about Corporate Counsel and more about this survey. Sure. Okay. And in terms of final thoughts, um, companies are continuing to place more and more importance on the role of the general counsel, and they're showing that in terms of they're putting their money where their mouth is, um, and they're paying them accordingly. Um, for more information about the survey, you can go to our website, and that's corpcouncil.com, and that's part of law.com. And the survey is available there? The survey is available there, and also we have a whole bunch of stories that uh, dissect the numbers, look at the perks, show you the trends, explain our methodology. All right. Well, I'm going to, uh, on behalf of Craig and on behalf of myself, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit uh, surprised that somehow I've stayed on and we've lost <laughs> Craig, uh, given mm-hmm. that I'm in the campsite in Maine. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much, Robin, for your time, and it's been a pleasure speaking to you again. Thank you very much. My, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams. Coast to Coast has been sponsored by Law.com. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.